0: Okay, all right, John chapter 11. I would like to read the first little bit there to catch up with we have not read earlier on. John chapter 11, let's start about verse 1. John chapter 11, starting about verse 1, it says for us here. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, his sister sent unto him, saying, "Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick." When Jesus heard that, he said, "This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man might, or Son of God might, be glorified thereby." Now Jesus loved Martha, the agape love there, Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, he saith to his disciples, "Let us go into Judea again." The disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews that of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the light, he stumbleth, because there is walketh if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus. That's so important. Our friend Lazarus still very much a viable. Human being of all his, etc., our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest of sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us go also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. The Lord is blessing to the reading of his word. is pray. Lord, this morning, what a powerful chapter in your gospel of John. Lord, we just pray that you help me this morning to, to think clearly. May we lay aside the business, busyness of this week to come. May we pause in our far too busy schedules usually and think about your word this morning. Thank you for the hope, the promise of the resurrection. You are the resurrection in life. May we rejoice in that. Be with those teaching downstairs. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, I will have to admit that death is probably one of the very last things that people on earth want to even navigate today in their conversation. It makes so many uncomfortable. It's quite awkward at times. It's emotional. Uh, We medically have learned to postpone death in many regards, uh, to even tame its violence. Yet, death waits patiently. It's it's coming for me. I know. Consider just this year so far, 2022, people who have already gone into the eternity— of uh, singers, Olivia Newton-John, Mickey Gilley, Naomi Judd. I'm not sure she was a singer, but her daughters were. I guess she was a singer. Uh, sports uh, celebrities like Bill Russell passed away recently. Vin Scully, the announcer, Bob Lanier, the, the basketball player, Coach Dan Reeves of football, and very young Dwayne Haskins of OSU all went out into eternity this year. Uh, there was the actors. There was Bob Saget from Full House. There was Louie Anderson. There was Sidney Portier And just this week was Anne Heck, their name, uh, died from an accident. There was the politician Shinzo Abe of Japan who was assassinated. And there are countless other families and friends who have gone through the curtain and pulled it aside, the veil, going into the world that we call eternity. I will tell you, so important. Nothing even come close to you being ready to go out from this world into the next. We spend but uh, a few years here on earth, and we spend eternity somewhere. I want to pull back the veil the next couple of weeks and look at this uh, this topic of death. Was Jesus really four days late when he came to Lazarus' tomb? I say no. Now they, many would say, "Oh, he would have been. If he had been here, he could have healed him." But there was a far greater purpose. God does not want you necessarily healthy or necessarily happy or necessarily. Oh, he wants you holy. That's what he is bringing into your life. These things that you will wake up. I had a wake up call this week, and you're going to hear more about it t- this this uh, this tonight. A song, a, a very, ever once in a great while, a song will just like speak to you. I had one of those this week. And you're going to hear it tonight. Well, really? Not from me. We're going to actually listen to it. But it, it is, we need to be ready. Regarding time. Our Lord is is never late. He's exactly when he wants to be there. See, we have our little watch. that well, watch don't have any on today. But we have God's, we want to put God, this is me, we want to put God in my watch. This is the time I want you to do. I've been praying about this. Uh, Still waiting. I've been praying. Praying. I'm still praying. And he's still waiting. He wants us to, to not, he wants us to simply let go. And be happy with the answers he gives us right now. Be content with that. There's an interesting, someone, I just read it this week, uh, someone mathematically calculated the schedule of our lives. Start if, if our life started at 7 a.m. on a certain day, if you're 15, you're at 1025, if you are 25 years old, you're at 1242, if you're 35, you're at 3, if you're 45 years old, you're at 516, if you're 55, you're at 734, if you're 65, you're at 955, and if you're 70 years old, you're at 11 p.m., the average lifespan in America. I'm, I'm at uh, somewhere like 8.30. <laughs> Actually, about just turned my birthday, so I'm about 8.34, about 8.39 right now. I'm on my way to, you see, you see what I'm saying? We have to think like this. Oh, but pastor, I don't want to. You need to. Our world needs to wake up and think about what happens once we pass through the curtain of death. So if you're jotting down notes, back of the bulletin, there's room. The man who, first of all, who needed a miracle, and next week we'll talk about the miracle. Today is how we get to the miracle Today is can we trust the Lord, really? Sick. First of all, we see the sick. Now, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany. Do not confuse Lazarus of Bethany, of Mary and Martha's brother, with the Lazarus who ate by the rich man's uh, gate. Lazarus full of sores. Uh, the rich man, possibly, named was Dives. Not sure, but regardless, the rich man was there. Lazarus ate and died and was in Abraham's bosom. The rich man dies as in a Christless eternity. By the way, that's not a parable. That's a real story because how do you know, Pastor? Because there's real names used in the story. Parables never had real, legitimate, personal names used in them. So this is a true story. Why do we say that? Because a lot of what we understand about Hades, hell, is from that story. True story. By the way, it's this interesting. We understand sick, Lazarus is sick. We understand sickness some more than others. I tell you, if you have good health this morning, you should praise God for it. Because there are a lot who do not have. Even among our own congregation, a lot who do not have good health today. And so we understand sickness, but it's sort of like sin. We understand sin. Also, we all are sinners. We all need to be saved by God's marvelous grace. We understand that. So we understand sickness. We understand sin. Secondly, there you see the sisters under this, who, the man who needed a miracle. The town of Mary and her sister Martha. And by the way, John, in retrospect, points out for us which Mary it was. Why it was the Mary that anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Interestingly enough, there are six Marys in the New Testament, so we want to be sure which Mary this was. And so John points it out very clearly. And he does, in chapter 12, mention the story of Mary wiping Jesus' hair, etc. The sick, the sisters, the sending in verse 3. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. The word sick there, the verb used uh, means to points to a great weakness and exhaustion. In the Gospels, it usually is translated sick, sometimes in Paul's epistles as weak. It means impotent. Uh, but the man by the pool, the same word is impotent. So he is very sick. From a standpoint of his sister's, he's, he's on his last leg, if you would, we call it today. He, he is nearing the threshold of that. No doubt, they believed. Had Jesus been close at hand in Jerusalem, he would have come over to Bethany and healed him. And likely, he may very well had, but he was twenty-five miles removed. So, the man who needed a miracle. Secondly, I see the meaning behind the method, and there's a purpose in verse four. When Jesus heard that, he said, "The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, and that the, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby." And you see, that's the purpose. Why are you existing today as a believer? It's to glorify God. I was just this morning, when I I picking up the donuts at Kroger, the the, the, uh, the checkout lady, very nice lady, talked about various things, and I talked about well, if a Christian, if a truly born again Christian, should not be involved in that particular thing, if you're truly born again. She goes, I agree with that. See. She said, I, I tell them that when they come in, until the pastor says Amen, we can't sell you that. I said, I'm the pastor, so I maybe I won't say it. You know, so I can, I know what i what saying there. So. Say amen. I might not say amen today. I'm thinking, but no. Lord, be, be Lord. Behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. The whom there is—that's the uh, the fillet, that love. Thy friend Lazarus is sick. Now the stage is—he's 25 miles removed at Bethabara. He's were they baptized at one point in time, and he's the picture. They sent the servant hurrying over to the Savior. Please come quickly, for Lazarus is sick. I was just thinking, did they write that down or did the servant have to memorize that and then memorize it and then give it to the Savior when he came? I imagine the sisters are anxiously waiting. Would Jesus come back on time? Would 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 their brother Lazarus be healed? And why had they waited so long to call Jesus? Why hadn't they called him earlier? Perhaps they were second and third guessing themselves. Do you ever do that? Second and third guess yourself. Fourth and fifth guess. Yes, we do that. I do that. Perhaps I'm just roping everybody else in with me. There's a seeming failure. We can imagine that Mary's sitting by Lazarus and maybe she's she's taking a rag and and trying to cool his brow. I'm not sure what was wrong with him exactly. We know he's very ill. Perhaps Martha, though, was pacing back and forth. You seen him yet? Is he here yet? Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen the servant? Imagine that's Martha just always doing something and the astonishment when the servant comes home, perhaps it went something like this. Where's Jesus? Uh, Well, he, he... He's still at Bethabara. Is he coming? I don't think so. Well, he said this. He said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. If it went something like that, can you imagine the crestfallen Mary and Martha? Martha. Oh my goodness, we called on Jesus. Does he not know how serious this is? Now, I'm reading between the lines there, but they, can you imagine how sad they would have been? Well, matter of fact, Martha says, if you'd have been here, Lord, been, you know, been, you could have healed him if you'd been here on time. But Jesus had not come. Seeming failure. And you say, oh, but Mary and Martha, did you not, have you not, they haven't seen it. They've not seen the rest of the chapter. We have seen it. Job, 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 don't you know at the end you're going to have more money than anybody else? You're going to have all these things. No, Job didn't know that when he was going through it. And you and I don't know it either. What we have to say is you know better than I. And just stop there. I've been singing that song that you're here tonight. You know better than I. Why is this happening? Lord, you know better than I. Why did... Lord, you know better than I. And you've got to leave it there. You've got to leave it there. Job, Job Lord, you know better than I. Curse God and die! Lord, you know better than I. But is this, this physical infirmity, Lord, you know better than I. See, God wants to bring us to the point where we are on board with what he wants. Sometimes we try to move God. God, I want to bring you around to my thinking because, you know, Lord, my thinking is pretty good. and I, I like the way I'm thinking. And instead of, Lord, why am I here? You have a purpose there. You know better than I. The Lord's logic, however, was quite clear. The end of the sickness was not to death. See, God wants us to glorify him. He wants to be glorified in our lives. And if it takes you, it takes some people getting killed. It took some missionaries, William Borden who had prepared, he was going to the mission field and died on the boat going over. It takes John and Betty Stam during the rebellion there in the Boxer Rebellion who gave their lives for the cause of Christ. It took Jim Elliott, Nate State, Roger Darren, and the other two men who in 1957 on the shores of the Alka Indians murdering them for 600 people to stand up in the Moody Bible Chapel shortly thereafter and give their lives to the cause of Christ for missions. It takes people who will stand up for the cause of Christ. It takes now me and you. Our world, our country needs people like you and me to, in love, stand for what is right and biblical. Biblical and right. Let's just say we should say, well, the Bible says, you want to talk about hot button issues? The Bible says. That's where you start. Well, the, God's Word says this, and we're going to stand on that. But we want to dialogue. No, we're not dialoguing because it's wrong. It's just the way we, it's just what the Bible teaches. And I'll, be, I'll explain, you know, if you want to explain more about what the Bible teaches, but we're just going to agree to disagree go from there. The meaning behind the method, there's the purpose and there's the plan. Now, Jesus loved Martha and his sister, her sister and Nazareth. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. The word again, love, there's agape. Oh, the, the, That's the agape, self-sacrificing, not just the, the affection of a parent for a child. This is the volitional moral choice to love them. He loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. The journey of Beth to Bethany taken about a day, so Lazarus must have died. As the servants heading to Jesus, Lazarus dies in the interim. So by the time he gets there, and of course I know you well know, Christ knew Lazarus was already dead. That's the plan. But the plea: Look at eight. The disciples said, "Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee. Goest thou thither again?" Look back in verse chapter ten. We saw they wanted to pick up stones again, twice, and I think in the same chapter. We want to end Jesus' life. He's so against us and et cetera, etc. Cetera. Why are we going back there? The plea. Now the point that disciples did not know that Lazarus had actually died. The sickness he said was not unto death, so he must simply be sleeping. Master the Jews have sought to stone thee." that was the plea, the purpose, the plan. how about in 17 or9, 9, 11, 9 to 17, the plainness, verse nine. Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. The Lord's eye was not on the danger. The Lord's eye was on doing his Father's will. When the time comes, yes, I'm going to give my life, but until that point in time, I'm going to continue doing what God has called me to do. The lightness of the hour, yes, but there still is time. Verse 10, but if a man walketh in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Jesus saw his allotted time on earth as his opportunity to accomplish his Father's will. You and I have the same time. Some have more than others. Some are perhaps are just teenagers yet. Perhaps you'll have 50, 60, 70 years to serve the Lord. Perhaps some of us were on our last. Perhaps it's nine, perhaps eleven fifty-nine for some of us. At least eleven thirty. And it's what you do for Christ is what matters. It really is. Really is interesting. A, a mother was answering her young daughter's question about her daddy's passing, and the mother said to the daughter, "Well, God sent for him." She said, "And someday He will send for you and me as well. Nobody knows just when." And so the little girl thought for a moment, said, "Mama, if we don't know for sure when God's going to send for us, we might get not be ready. So we better start packing." Amen. I'm telling you, you're packing every now, You're not carrying how much. Somebody may be packing right now packing a gun. I'm saying you're packing for one direction or the other. Either you're putting your roots down further and further and further and further, which is futile in this world, or you're sending your bricks and mortar and boards to heaven. Are you really ready? Are you? Still, did you read your Bible every day this week? If the answer to that is no, I'm telling you, you need to change that. So when I ask next week, yes, pastor, I read, and not because the pastor said so, but because God wants you. He wants fellowship with you. You want to grow in your relationship with God. Read your Bible and your little song. You'll grow, 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 and you'll grow, grow, grow. Read your Bible. Pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. That's true. So we better start packing. Verse 11. Then, uh, verse 11 of 11, uh, Then these, or these, these things said he, And after that which he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that I may wake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking the rest of sleep in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. To make it clear, they thought, well, they thought he must be just simply sleeping. And by the way, that part, that little phrase, our friend Lazarus. It wasn't like the one who was or our former friend Lazarus or the person we'll never see again. It's our current. Do you see that? I am the God of Abraham and of Jacob and Isaac and Jacob. I am, and they are still alive as much as ever. My mom and dad, my mom passed last September. She's more alive in heaven, I honestly believe, now than ever she was here her 80-some years here on earth. That's our friend Lazarus who's still viable. Everything he needs to be a viable entity is still going forward. Matter of fact, he's in, in paradise with God. For the, can you imagine how sad that was to leave heaven to come back here? Wow. But he did. He was Lazarus. Lazarus was a John's friend, Matthew's friend. We imagine Peter's friend. He was Jesus' friend. He was still alive. Death he likened to sleep, the death of the body that is. The soul, as you, I trust, know, the soul does not sleep. When you, the last breath in this life, you are heading toward the next. Either it's to be with God in heaven or to go to Hades, I believe in the center of this earth yet. It's, well, I'm going to pass some, I'm going to the middle ground. There's no middle ground. There's no purgatory. There's no neutral. It is either forward or backward. There's no neutral. They suppose that Lazarus had fallen asleep and was in a restful slumber. He will do well, verse 12. No, he is simply dead. I will tell you that. And it says, I am glad. He was not happy because Lazarus was dead knowing the sorrow. He was glad that God's power would be seen again. That's how I see that. He was glad God's power would be seen. And in 16, Thomas said, Lord, why should we go back to Judea and Jerusalem? They want your head. He doesn't say that. They want your head. They want to kill you. Perhaps he's a little bit Eased up, and if I were going to Judea, and not quite all the way to Jerusalem, perhaps. I'm not sure how he felt. And the next time, Lord, they're going to get you. But no, not before God's time. So the man who needed a miracle, the meaning behind the method, and this morning we'll close up with the master questions Martha. The sorrowing in 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had laid in the grave four days already. Four days. Now You say, well, pastor. Now, sometimes, they have, and it could well be in our era, there would be someone's been been uh, involved and they can last for quite a while. Perhaps not in that era; they don't involve them. You've got to get them in the ground the same day. You die, going in the ground the same day, and so that's the way it is. And so Lazarus, he had been. It was uh, it was a climate. You got to be buried, no delay. I I believe it was Romania. When I was in Romania a couple of times, they did very similarly. I think they buried almost the same day. I think it was in Romania because they didn't do the embalming process. I, I can't say with certainty, but I believe it's the way it was. So a furlong's a little over 600 feet. If you have your mental calculator out, it is 1.74715909 miles from Jerusalem to Bethany. So just a little under two miles. And the word comfort there means to speak tenderly. All they could do was for they could, verse 19, to comfort them concerning their brothers. That brother, that's why the Jews had come. The sorrowing. And then there's the seeking in verse 20. Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Well, likely so. What a tribute to Christ. But Christ could do that. Had you not, you been here, he wouldn't have died. And we see the sovereign. Look at these wonderful verses in 23. Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. The I am's of John. Here he is. He's saying, you want to know Did Jesus say he was ever God? It is plain as the nose. I can push up my nose and see it. It's the plain in the nose on your face as well. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. What more do you want? What more do you need? It's not because you can't understand that he's God. It's that you will not believe it and receive that he is God. Willingly ignorant our world today, most in America, who have heard anything about Jesus, it's not so much that they can't believe it. they will not believe it, because that if I then I'm then if he's my savior and my Lord, I I have to follow somebody and I can't and the meism and this old personal autonomy is gone if I am i surrendered to some You see how it works? That's the God of our age. Personal autonomy. It's my body. It's my body. I can do it with my body. Well, by the way, when it comes to that particular issue, it's more than just your body. There's another human being inside your body that God gave life to. The sovereign. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now, her understanding was not complete, for she says in 39, in the same chapter, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by now, this time he stinketh, for he's been dead four days. He didn't understand how powerful God was. Thy brother shall rise again. If death, by the way, is the final answer to the human state, then Satan has won. If we all die and simply stay in the grave or all die and spend eternity in hell, with Satan, he's won. I tell you, though, he has not won. I've read the end of the book. Jesus wins. He wins every time I've read. It's not like well, it's not like a changing ending where we're going to read another chapter. The chapter's done. God's already laid it out for us. He wins. And by the way, we win as his sons of God. I know that he shall rise again. Job said, Oh, that my words were now written, oh, that my were printed in a book, that they were graven with an iron pen and led in the rock forever, for I know. That my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth and though after my skin worms destroy this body yet in my flesh shall I see God my goodness we should just, just, just circle around on that circle the wagons on those verses in my flesh I shall see God the sorrowing the seeking the sovereign and finally the statement in 27 she said unto him yea Lord I, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Now she rose to the occasion. Do you? Be- yes, I believe. And that's the question this morning. You must answer. Do you believe that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Do you really believe that? Well, then we want to see that. Listen, talk is cheap. We've heard so much cheap rhetoric over the last some years across the world. I say talk is cheap even for Christians. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, let me see it in your life. Let me see it in how you trust God. Pastor, see how you you trust God. And interesting, she says, I believe, I, even I have believed a personal faith. She had believed. Have you believed that he is the Christ, the son of the living God? He came for you to die on the cross for you. I found this interesting quoting i can't remember who it was i'm quoting when jesus died on the cross some of the last words out of his mouth were it is finished please notice he did not say i am finished this was not the cry of defeated dying man this was the triumphant shout of a great victor it is the cry of the one who has completed his task and fulfilled his mission When Jesus died on the cross, he finished the plan of salvation for all men. Now, anyone who received Jesus finds that salvation has been prepared and paid for in full. All the lost sinner has to do is receive the finished work of Jesus as his own. That's the truth of the gospel. It is finished. Now, what have you done with that? What what if Christians in Greenup, Cyathe, Ward counties really got fired up for God what a difference it would make. The story, true story is told from the book Living Beyond Our Fears of a judge in Yugoslavia. He was in the bathtub and he stood up in the bathtub still in the water and reached to, un- to turn the light on or something and got electrocuted, passed out, fell on the floor. So his wife found him sprawled on the bathroom floor and he was a pronounced dead. And as was custom, the town, they would put him in a place underneath the crypt with Underneath the cemetery for 24 hours. he had to be there 24 hours before they buried him. and there was a guard. And but during that time he came too. He wasn't dead, he was just mostly dead. He came too. And he came up to the guard and the guard saw him and ran the other direction. But fortunately he came back with a friend and released the newly revived judge whose first thought was, i got to call my wife. And so all she got out was, honey, it's me. And she screamed and fainted dead away. And then he called all his other friends in the town and none of them, what's this? They were all scared. What is this happening? You can't me. Finally, he called a friend in another city who did not know he had died. And they called his wife and they called his family and vouched for him finally he actually had not died, died. He just somewhat died. But the shock of it all, the shock of it all would be if you and I walked with God in such a way that so people said, wow, what is it that you have? I told a lady, we were eating out Friday night. I said, a lady I worked at the hospital, uh, saw her almost every day. I said, I said, so-and-so, I said, I just told my wife at supper, you're one of the few people I always saw uh, exact Jesus in. Someone who walked with God. What would they say about you and me? They were shocked. Wow. That he came back to life. What the shock would be if we lived for Christ as we should. And I found this invitation prayer. Perhaps something you might want to model if you don't know Christ. Lord Jesus, for too long, I've kept you out of my life. I admit my biggest setback is that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. I own my hurts and my sins and I repent by changing my mind about the way I've been living. I don't want to stay where I am any longer. And so I'm choosing to get closer to you and to learn more about you. By faith, I boldly believe and receive your gift of salvation. With all my heart, I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and as the resurrection and life. You rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I surrender to you as my Savior and Lord, my forgiver and leader. I want to be born again. Make me into the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. There's no exact things you must say to receive Christ, but receive Christ you must. Four days late, ah, he's right on time. That the glory of God may be seen in him, and he wants that glory of God to be seen in us. Let us pray. Shall we pray together? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, please. Lord, we think this morning of this marvelous text. Or we just barely even, as I said often, we just barely scratch the surface on such marvelous text. Lord, you are the resurrection and life. I pray, Lord, this morning, if there be even one person here in our congregation this morning that does not know you as personal Savior, may today be the day when they surrender themselves to you. Lord, if if they are planning on going to heaven for eternity, it is your house, it is your heaven, and we must go by what you have said, and you have said we must repent of our sin and receive the payment, because we can never pay for our sins ourselves. And Lord, if there just even is one, I have to believe there's more than one, but even just one who has not yet received you as Savior, Lord, may they today give their heart and life to you. And Lord, we as Christians May we live in such a godly way that people are shocked that someone would have that kind of godly lifestyle in our world. Lord, draw us to yourselves. May we get rid of all this worldly smell, all this worldly attention, and turn our eyes upon you. And ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.